Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. You're here because you're a high-achieving woman that wants it all. The success, wealth, time freedom, and genuine joy in your life. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm here to tell you, you can. You can have it all. But what is true wealth? It's not just money and achievements because success without happiness and fulfillment isn't success at all. Here, we're going to have conversations about creating a beautiful life alongside the success that you're striving for. If you want to create long-lasting success that's fully in alignment with the life you desire to live by working less, making more, and stepping into the version of yourself you've always wanted to be, then you're in the right place. Let's roll into today's episode. Hello, ladies. I am so excited, so excited to have this particular guest interview with us, Crystal Smith. Crystal and I actually go back a long way. We were in the same sorority together at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and Crystal is a year, I think you're a year older than me, a year is that I right? So no. okay. I think a year. Yeah. So we were in the same sorority together at UW Madison. And then we, you know, kind of just stayed in touch here and there over the years when I was really into my network marketing business. Crystal was a customer of mine for a while. We ended up getting married in the same area. Uh, I lived in LA. She lived in LA for a while. So we've kind of gone back and forth. And Crystal has grown this incredible home decor business on, well, it started off on social media. So on social media, her handle is the Smitten Collective, and I will include a link to that in the show notes. You guys have to go follow her, but she is approaching 200,000 followers at this point, and you just started this a couple of years ago, right? It was basically when you made your move from LA to Austin is when you really kind of went all in on this. Exactly. So welcome, Crystal, to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. We're going to be talking about how Crystal has built this business and how she's created wealth in this way. We're also going to talk about the impact that your environment, your home environment has on your success and creating wealth for yourself. And then we're going to wrap it up with Crystal really talking about how she has maintained a level of authenticity to herself as this business of hers has really just skyrocketed over the last couple of years. So Crystal, I would love to start out with you kind of walking us through where this business began, like where you came up with this idea, where this began and how you've kind of taken this over the last couple of years and really grown it into this empire that you've created. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Lauren, for having me. I am so excited to chat with you. It's the first podcast I've ever done. And so it couldn't be a better one to start with. Um, So how I started my account and my business. Flashback to 2020. It was during the pandemic. I was employed as uh, an event designer, which is what I'd done for the majority of my career. I was always in corporate America. I did some communications work, some marketing work, but I never truly knew what I wanted to be when I grew up or when I grew up. I think I still don't know, but um, I knew 
think I wanted to do something on my own and create something on my own. I enjoyed my job, but again, it was 2020. I knew my job, I was about to lose it. So I had started planting some seeds and ideas of what could I do that I really enjoyed, but could build into a business that had multiple different revenue streams. And it was on a road trip, actually, back from LA to the Midwest. We are going back up to where you live, Lauren, where my parents live uh, for the holidays, I believe. And I remember driving through the Colorado mountains and I went to my husband. I was like, okay, what could I do? I absolutely love social media. I was an avid follower of many different fashion bloggers, lifestyle bloggers. I have been reading blogs for years back before Instagram was a thing really connecting with this women and the community they were creating, the style tips they were sharing, whether that be home decor or fashion or beauty. And I liked consuming information and learning recommendations from them. So as I was talking to my husband about what I could potentially do, I thought, you know, I think I could potentially go into this business of social media with an emphasis on home. As an event designer, I was always creating mood boards and very into style and design and putting looks together for events. But throughout my life, I've just loved home decorating. Ever since I was a kid, I would rearrange my room every month. I, through college and then through where I lived after college in Chicago, I would, you know, do these fun different decorating projects in my apartment, like paint stripes on walls and create gallery walls. And I loved trying out all of those fun trending things. So when it came time to sort of create this idea of what I loved doing, home decorating really made sense. And back then it wasn't too, too saturated either in that home decorating space on social media. So I thought, what a better place to start. And, but I knew I couldn't just delve into creating a social media page with zero following, right? So I thought, okay, I could do that, but I could also offer e-design or virtual design for clients. So people would maybe see what I'm posting, see my home. I would mock up different design boards as inspiration. And then people would reach out and become clients and I could have a business that way. So it really was kind of a two, two-fold business. And I started it in November of 2020, shortly after, in fact, I did indeed lose my job um, and just started building it, sharing our little condo, our three-bedroom condo in West Hollywood putting together design boards and doing whatever I could to grow my little Instagram page from literally zero followers. Um, And that continued for about a year and a half. And then as Lauren mentioned, we moved to Austin about two years ago. And that is really when the account started to take off. We purchased a home here in Austin. I chronicled the whole remodeling phase of it. And then once the remodeling phase was done, when I started decorating and furnishing and styling it, that is where I really saw the audience growth because people really were looking for ideas, inspiration in this kind of space. And I loved sharing it. So that's kind of how everything came to be. And along the way, I actually learned that the whole e-design virtual design piece of the business and working with clients, I went through different multiple avenues of how I did that. I worked with a partner for a while who would do the marketing and get clients for me. But I found that I just wasn't really finding joy from that. Um, it became more of work than work and enjoyment for me. So I dropped that part of the business and the social media influencing side was taking off so much that I didn't need to have that any longer. And I could explore the different revenue streams within the business of influencing. And that is where I am today. Wow. So 
You guys, first, I want you to kind of go back to how Crystal talked about this business really started in the depths of the pandemic. And I've heard this from quite a few women who have created really successful businesses is that out of something that could have been seen as a very negative thing, right? Like I'm an event yeah. planner and now there are no events. <laughs> like everything exactly. <laughs> shut down. There are no events. I'm going to lose my job. And instead of looking at that as a, a negative thing, you looked at it as an opportunity and an opportunity to dive into something you've always thought about, something that brings you a lot of joy, something that you're incredibly passionate about. So you really were looking at like, what am I really passionate about? And what are my strengths? And combining those two things, and that is the perfect recipe for success. I always talk about how I really don't think you can create immense success and wealth if you're not doing something that you're passionate about, if you're not doing something that brings you immense immense joy, because that really is what it takes to have the consistency that you need to have in order to create something like you've created. If you're not really passionate about it, then at some point, you're going to lose that consistency because you're not loving what you're doing, right? So like, it's so incredible that that is where it started for you. And then really, I love how you just took what was going on in your life and you capitalized on it, right? Like you were going to remodel your home anyway. You were going to decorate your home anyway. So all of this was happening, whether you chronicled it or not on social media, but you looked at it as an opportunity to really showcase your business and showcase your strengths and showcase your passion. And it really just took off from there is what it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a couple of points to hit on that are important to note is, you know, starting a business from scratch, especially without a another job. You know, that's something I wasn't quite prepared for. I was, you know, they always tell you have X amount of savings and have a business plan and know how you're going to earn your income. That couldn't be more true. You know, I very quite honestly never envisioned myself as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, but that's what this is at the end of the day. So I, I mean, it, I can't go without saying that without having the incredible, incredible support of my husband, could this have been possible as well? And a lot of planning and thinking, how am I going to support myself? Because you have no idea when or if your business is really going to take off. So you really have to make sure going into it, you know, you have that kind of back end support, whether, you know, you figure out how to do it on your own, or you can rely on the help and support of others. And then also, you know, it's finding that passion and finding something you enjoy is, is very, very, very important. But like going back, you have to have a plan and you have to do your research and you have to know, how am I going to make money doing this? Because I think everybody out there, it's the dream, right? To do what you actually love and find something you love doing so much where work isn't work, you know, work is, you love to do it. So, but love doing something doesn't mean that's always going to pan out and be successful and you can make a job out of it. So you really have to find the support and find the resources that are going to enable you to 
turn it into an actual business where you can enjoy it and then not worry about, you know, how am I actually going to turn this into a business? How am I going to support myself? So there's well, a couple I, things that on the back end. <laughs> I I do really appreciate that you shared, you know, right from the get-go, you were thinking about, well, how can I make money with this, right? Yeah, like yeah. if this is going to be my business, I have to make money and how am I going to make money? So you launched your e-design service. It sounds like exactly. right from the get-go while right you get-go. were building this social media brand, if you will. And and then you kind of, so you kind of had both and you were building both at the same time. And then it got to a point where you were able to say, okay, this one, it doesn't really light me up as much as I thought it would. It's really starting to drain me. And this one, you know, I feel like I I have a lot more opportunity here. It's growing quickly. There are lots of ways that I can monetize this. So yeah, absolutely. And, just, and I, yeah, no, no, sorry to cut you off, but I think, you know, just jump on this point of, I think there are a lot of people in the business of what I do that maybe started their account out of pure joy, just as an outlet to share what they love. I think quite a bit. Um, I actually am very openly honest that I started it. I wanted it to be a business. I want it to be a quote unquote influencer for a living because I I just knew that that'd be something I would really enjoy. And then I think would really help a lot of other people as well. And I find enjoyment from that. So there, I feel like, you know, two different types of people out there that maybe go in or wanting to go into this business, starting on the side, not thinking at all that they're going to monetize, just sharing what they love. And then it takes off and they're like, oh, well, I have to figure out how to monetize and, and what to do. And that's amazing. And then there's probably people like me, maybe even more nowadays, since it's such like a more prevalent and um, a hot industry is that people want to start a business like this right off the bat. Uh, but you really, when you come in with that mindset, you have to make sure you have your groundwork laid. So you guys, and maybe Crystal is going to cringe when I say this, but we were just talking about this before we hit record. And I was telling her that I remember when she first started her page because I started following her right from the beginning since we knew each other. And I want you guys to scroll back and look at the evolution of Crystal's page because it can be very easy to look at her page now, look at her reels now, the quality of what she is creating now, and feel very overwhelmed if you are not at that point yet, right? Like, but the point is this has taken you lots of practice and lots of learning and lots of tweaking and lots of trial and error to be able to create the kind of reels and the kind of things that you create. I know sometimes I look at your reels and I'm like, how did she do that? Like, <laughs> you know, oh, that cool, is so nice. Just the cool Thank things you. you do. I think there's reels with like, you have like phil- p- uh, pillows flipping and glasses <laughs> yeah. moving. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did she do that? But if you go back to the beginning, you know, you're going to yeah. see that we all have to start somewhere. We all are beginners <laughs> when we yes. start. And I I actually have this conversation with my son on a regular basis because he's an oldest. He's very much like gets frustrated when he's not good at something right away. And I every time I'm like, buddy, you 
no one's good at something. Most people aren't good at something right at the beginning, right? Like we have to practice and we have to put in time and it takes effort. And so we have this conversation, but I think it's something that needs to be reiterated as adults and especially as entrepreneurs and business owners, because social media is a place of comparison. And it's very easy to go on and be like, well, my stuff doesn't look like her stuff and yes, compare yes. <laughs> where you are right now to where she is right now, which can be very different places in your journey and feel like, well, this just isn't meant for me because I can't, I can't do what she's doing. I ha- I can't create that. So scroll back and look, and maybe Crystal, you can just give us a little brief like evolution of your skills, I guess, your skills in creating what you've created. And, and I, I have a feeling that, you know, as you really got into it, you were like, I want to learn more. I want to educate myself. Yeah. I want to take courses. I want to figure out how I can create this aesthetic that I'm creating. Yeah, absolutely. When we were living in West Hollywood, when I started my page, my style was very different than it is now. Um, at the time, I, I loved it, but everybody's style evolves and changed. And I really do feel like where I'm at now and what I share in our home style is it really does embody my style. It took me a while to find it. And it took me a while to find also the skills on how to communicate that and present that. So I think from the get-go, like I said, I was very much into whatever podcast I could find to listen to. I would go on my runs on the morning and just consume as much information about this industry and what people are doing, best practices. And the thing with this industry, though, is it changes every single month, every week, every day. So you have to constantly be evolving and be very flexible with what you're sharing. Um, And I think, you know, as far as the type of content I share and the reels and the quality and all of that, I take a lot of pride in the content I put out. And I know a lot of most influencers do, of course, but I find myself, um, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, but I am very, I, I very much care what things look like, which is probably very apparent. Um, but I think that style of editing and whatnot has to evolve as well with the type of content that people are wanting to consume these days. If you go back, um, my reels were a lot more complex with really big concepts and here's how to decorate a whole space. And I mean, now I'm very much learning, especially in this day and age that, you know, people, the attention spans are very short. You know, we have to keep clips to like two seconds long and fast paced and fast, quick cuts, different angles. So, you know, you're constantly evolving your craft with uh, society and culture and how they're consuming information. Um, but, you know, also fun fact, I in college, I people always ask me if I have a design major, or design degree or background. I don't. I was a communications major. I can't. Lauren, were you a communications major too? I can't remember. No, I was a psychology major, which oh, psychology. Actually okay. is what I talk <laughs> a lot about these days, but it's, yeah. it's, it's always interesting how things can come full circle or you end up using your degree or not using yes. your degree in any way. <laughs> Yeah, to that point, I was a communications major with a specialty in TV and film. Uh, so in college, I was learning how to edit. We were making short films and, you know, editing. So it's finally come full circle where I, 
I am using a lot of my degree. Reels these days on Instagram are typically what perform best, which is great because that is my favorite type of content to make. So it's always a balance between, you know, the type of content you want to create and how you want it to look and how you want it to present also with how your audience is going to consume it. So that's a big um, topic of conversation these days and always present every single day in what I'm putting out there and helping me direct the content that I'm putting out. I just love that there's so much thought, you guys. As you can see, there's there's a lot of thought that goes into this and planning and visioning and tweaking and being willing to be flexible and to change and to look at what's performing, what's not performing, and and really look at it from an objective viewpoint of, well, this is working, this is not working, it's not necessarily you know, anything about me and internalizing that. It's just about Mm -hmm. like, what is my audience wanting? What are they soaking up? My favorite reels of yours are always like the behind the scenes ones. I think you did one. (laughs) You're like pushing your dog on the chair and the ones where you kind of do like a fast um, video of you putting things together. I love yes. those. I love yeah. watching those. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Those are, those are becoming quite popular these days. Um, again, I think it's, I have to going back to the balance of what you want to put out and what people want to see. Um, you know, people, people like relatability, they like authenticity, um, and they like very, very easily digestible information, what it would be like for them. So, you know, unboxing something, just one thing and showing it is great. Um, and I'm constantly sort of struggling with that in my head because I always feel like everything has to be so perfectly packaged and produced. And I want to make sure that I'm not just saying, hey, hey, here's this thing, go buy it. Here's this thing, go buy it, which is a, a point we can talk to later. But it really is, okay, as a consumer, if I was doing this, here, here's what I like to see. Here are the reels that make me stop and go, oh, wait, actually, I could really use this. This could be really helpful for me. Or, oh, wait, I, I really love that. Okay, great. So always stepping outside of your own shoes. And I'm sure a lot of other entrepreneurs out there, business owners, a lot of the times, you know, it's just us. We're in our heads all day. You know, I don't have any coworkers here. It's just me. (laughs) So I don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of. So it's really, you know, being introspective, but also just making sure you're constantly thinking about what others might want to see. Mm -hmm. And paying attention, you guys, paying attention to... What's what's performing? What's not performing? I know I do that with this podcast. You know, I look at the downloads. I look at the views. I look at the episodes, you know, which episodes are performing best, which topics are people really, you know, grasping onto? Does it does it have something to do with the wording of the title? Are there certain words within a title that catch people's attention more? And you find trends. You when you start looking at that from a very objective place, you you can find things start to stick out. And again, it's not internalizing any of it as like, well, that was bad and this is good because it's usually not about that. It's usually just yeah, you know, yeah. what resonates most with my audience. What are they looking for? And again, like you said, balancing that with what what do I want to talk about? Like, what do yeah. I want to put out there? Because it's got to be a balance. Like, You can't just create for your audience without honoring what you also want to put out there because I think that's going to lead to burnout eventually. And sometimes if you're only focusing on what you want to put out and you're not listening to your audience, then there's a disconnect, right? 
Yeah. So, and, and earlier, Lauren, you mentioned comparison, which is such a huge part of this business. And for so many women, right? I mean, I think we're constantly, at least I am, you know, I'm always looking at other accounts and thinking, gosh, like, why didn't I think of that? Or wait, I, I shared that, but she did too. You know, it's, but there, this is the mentality you have to have. And it's really true that there is someone out there for everybody. I always have to keep in mind that somebody who follows me probably or might not follow all these other accounts. I do because I'm in the home space and I follow all these other people, then maybe that that person watching mine literally doesn't follow anyone else and they're getting their ideas from me. And so they're seeing it from me first or the way I'm presenting it first. So I really have to drop. That is probably one of my biggest challenges is the comparison game when it comes to what I do and in social media in general. And at the end of the day, you just have to stay in your lane. You have to stay focused to you and your audience. And just keep in mind that there really is somebody out there for everybody. There's a lot of people in this world. There's a lot of different styles. So the people that like your style and you are going to be following you for that. And you cannot fall into the comparison trap because it'll only hold you back. Yes, I 100 percent agree. I am one of those people. I only, you are the only home decor person I follow. So you are oh my, my person. Gosh. You are my person oh. when it comes to home decor. But I also am very, very, very strict with my social media boundaries. And I actually did an episode all about the boundaries that I put in place for social media this it. year. <laughs> yes, because it I was, was so great. Oh yeah. my gosh. I was finding myself in a very negative place within comparison and just really really looking to what everyone else is doing. And I think this is such a common thing that women in particular struggle with in terms of entrepreneurship and when when you're on social media. When your business is primarily on social media or online, you start following other people within your industry and it, you can start following them from a very positive place. But over time, if that comparison starts to seep in, what happens is what I found happening was, number one, it just had a negative effect on my mental health. But number two, I found that I wasn't tapping into my authentic voice and what wanted to come yep. through me. And I could see that being very easy or that could happen very easily for you as well. You know, you're looking at other people's style. And if you start to think like, well, the way she's doing that is working, I I'm going to do that, then you're losing your authenticity and your authentic style and your authentic voice, which is what people are coming to your page for. So especially if you are an entrepreneur on social media, I think it's really, really important. And it is a fine line that you walk where you have to have those social media boundaries. And, you know, I shared on that podcast episode that I do not follow really anyone anymore. I mean, I, I think right now I'm Good following you. 100, yeah. <laughs> 120 people. And a lot of those are family and that, that don't post much. But like business-wise, I was really wanting to get back to what wants to come through me? Like, what is my authentic voice? And so, you know, it's great to hear, Crystal, that, you know, that's something that we all struggle with here. Oh, and absolutely. There. Absolutely. And you're totally right, Lauren. It's you have to. That is such a great 
tactic to use is you have to stay true to your authentic self. And sometimes it can get very clouded and you can lose track and you have to, it's a, again, a balance. I feel like that's like the keyword of this podcast um, to, I, I like to learn and get ideas and inspiration from what everybody else is doing, but you have to learn that you, you can't just follow suit. You have to stay authentic to yourself And, you know, maybe it is creating some of those boundaries, like you said, by, you know, maybe just limiting your following or, you know, not getting sidetracked and scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and limiting your time. Like you had mentioned on that podcast on the app, because you can get sucked down a rabbit hole and then (laughs) just, you know, totally lose sight of what you even came looking for. So. Okay, ladies, this is the perfect opportunity to let you in on a special offer that is going on just for the month of May. If you feel like you've been doing all of the things in your business or career and nothing seems to be working to create more money, you're already working hard, but you have to work harder to create more money, you feel shame around desiring more money, or you don't trust yourself in managing larger and larger amounts of money, you have fears around having more money, you feel like the kind of money that you desire to make is just not meant for you for one reason or another, then your money mindset and your money identity are holding you back from achieving the next level of money you desire. Because May is Money Month here on the podcast, I've decided to put the Money Mind, my signature money program, on sale. For May only, you will receive $333 off this incredible money mindset program. If you are ready to do the internal work that is necessary to rise to your next level of wealth, money, and success, release the limiting thoughts, beliefs, stories, patterns, and identities that are holding you back, and establish ones that will accelerate you to the kind of money you desire, then this program is for you. All you have to do is scroll down to the show notes, click the link, and you'll be taken to a page that will give you all of the details. To receive $333 off your enrollment, use the code MAY333 at checkout. Again, that's MAY in all capital letters, 333 at checkout. I can't wait to see you in the program. So I would love for you to just quickly share, because I'm interested as well. I'm, I wouldn't consider myself an influencer the way that you do. What are your primary income, st- income streams right now? I have a feeling, I know, I think I know one of them. Um, but <laughs> yeah. you know, you talked about how originally your main income stream was through e-design. I, I believe you don't do e-design anymore at all That's for correct. private yep. clients. So no. what is your, what are your income streams these days? Yeah. So it's really two. So one is affiliates. So that is anytime someone clicks a link that I share, I make a small commission off of that purchase. And there are two major affiliate platforms that I am on that I use to do that. One is LTK, which you'll hear me talk about all day, every day. Um, And that is a free shoppable app you can download. Um, I mean, I talk about it all the time, but truly it's awesome. I use it as the consumer. Um, it's kind of like I always talk to people or explain it to people, you know, how you like you'll go on Amazon or Wayfair and then you'll scour the reviews and look for photos and stuff. This is like all of your best friends and people that you can relate to are posting photos and their reviews of it and linking exactly where everything is from. And it's styled really pretty so you can get ideas of what to buy with it. Um, so LPK and then Amazon has their own influencer affiliate program. Uh, that I'll link through Amazon as well. And then the other stream is brand partnerships. 
So I'll partner with a brand to do some content work for them, whether that's promoting a product, creating a reel, doing a story, a post. And sometimes I work with brands where it doesn't require me to post at all. They're strictly sourcing me to create content for them that they could use uh, for their page and or like we'll use my social media handle to promote it as advertising. So those are the two mainstream. There are so many ways to make money online. <laughs> there really are. I oh, mean, gosh. It is, yeah, uh-huh. it is incredible. Um, and I love that, you know, the way your income streams have evolved over time based on mm-hmm. what what's been working and what feels good to you. And yeah. you've been able to kind of let go of things that haven't felt good anymore as other areas have grown. You guys, I have the LTK app. I'm on Crystal's site on the <laughs> LTK app. I follow some other women that I love on that app. And it really is incredible. If you're someone who doesn't like to research. So yes, <laughs> I am very much like a word of mouth buyer. If someone I love is talking about something or showing me something and I like it, I'm like, I'm going to get it. I, my husband is the exact opposite. He will sit for hours and hours and hours and research things. And I'm like, I don't need to research. I just need to know if the people that I like and trust like it. And if they do, then I'm good. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm if, so glad that's how you view it because that is how it should be used for, you know, if you follow one of your favorite influencers, go to her like to know a page, see what she's posting, see what she's wearing, what's in her home. Um, it's such a great way to support, you know, what we do. And for a lot of us, that's our, our mainstream too, you know, depending on how you structure your business. Yes. So use their links, you guys. If you are following someone like Crystal and you see something and you got it from them, go to the app, use their link. It gives them a small commission. It's, I think personally, it's the least you can do. And then the the money is going to them versus going just straight to the, the big box store, or, you know, the home furniture yeah. store or whatever mm-hmm. that, you know, they're using. Of course, the money still goes to them, but they get, they get a nice little um, affiliate commission for that. Yeah. So. Think of it as like where your personal sales person for a recommendation giver for something that you might have seen in our home or if you like my style like I'm always giving out recommendations and putting up question boxes and seeing what people are shopping for like you know what are you shopping for this week what can I help and people be like oh I'm looking for dining chairs under $300 I really need help with my bedroom so it's a fun way to kind of see what your audience is shopping for and then you get to do all of the fun work for them <laughs> and provide suggestions and this is a perfect segue into the next thing we're going to talk about. But the one thing that I really love about your style is it really is a combination of higher end pieces with really affordable pieces. So sometimes I'll go onto your like to know what app and I'll look at, you know, right now, because we're not we're not doing a video recording, we're doing an audio recording. We both have pictures of ourselves up and Crystal's <laughs> yes. sitting in in her picture. She's sitting in one of the chairs in her living room. And I went on to the Like to Know It app and looked at your living room um, furniture. And I would definitely say that that most of your living room furniture is a little bit higher end. But then, you know, you have a a reel that you did about your bathroom and all of the decor is from Target. And you talk about, you know, you have reels where you do fashion from Amazon. And so it's this yeah. really cool combination that you've created of 
higher end pieces along with very, very affordable pieces. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to, you know, really capture an audience that that's how I like to decorate my house anyway. So it's remaining authentic to me. I am fortunate where we were able to, you know, invest in some really beautiful high quality pieces, the pieces that are your everyday staples. But then when it comes to things like decor and like accent pieces, I mean, I'm all about Target. I'm all about Amazon, Walmart, you know, wherever it comes from. And that's something I say all the time because I do, I incorporate a lot of vintage and antique finds as well. To me, you know, no matter what your budget might allow, it doesn't matter where it came from. You know, if you, you know, are rather shop at Target, then, you know, can go and shop at some fancy, expensive store. Great. Let me show you how to do it. Let me find some awesome pieces that are like total designer style, look for less. Um, I, I love decorating and shopping that way. And I hope my audience can find ideas that will fit all different price points that way as well. And you guys, a lot of times you can't, see the difference honestly <laughs> like I just no, ordered a new light fixture from Wayfair and I think oh, yeah. it was I think it was like $200 and I'm redoing all the light fixtures in our house and I was on this other site and I was like oh my god that's like the same light fixture and it was double the price and I yes. was like I mm-hmm. like literally it is identical <laughs> I cannot identical. tell the difference yeah. at all so you know I think there are- is like so, uh, my whole bedroom, I always say is like under a thousand dollars, like everything in my bedroom. I was like, it's from Wayfair. It's from Amazon. You know, it's to me, it is not, it has nothing to do where it came from. If it has designer style and like the quality is there, who cares? <laughs> oh, I love that. So yeah. kind of moving into talking about your home before we hopped on the recording, I said, I really want to talk about environment and how to create a house that feels very curated and very personal to you to really foster this environment of success. And so what are your tips for creating a space that really supports you in creating the vision of your life that you've ultimately desired? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely have a few tips. The first being don't, and this might go against following influencers, but don't feel like your style always has to fit in a box of what you're seeing other people share. You know, I think nowadays, um, or there used to be the trend of everything white and neutral. And and that is lovely if you love that. But if you're, you think, wait, I know that's what everybody's doing and, and that's what I should do, but I like a little color or I like that piece that does I'm not seeing anywhere right now. Go with what you like. At the end of the day, you're going to be so much happier in your space if you just embrace the things that you love versus trying to just do whatever style is out there. And that's why it's so important to find people you have to follow that have a similar style and get ideas of how to put things together and make it look good. Also, just doing little things every day. Like I am the person who as soon as I get up, I make my bed and I make my bed in a very like hotel style that is not hard to do whatsoever. But then every day at the end of the day, after you're done working, I've had a long day, you can be like, oh, just climb into your comfy bed that looks like a luxury hotel made it. So, you know, do a little thing every day, whether that's maybe pick up your kitchen at night. So you wake up to a clean kitchen or make your bed in the morning. Um, And then also, I think having a space for you 
And that might be really difficult, especially if you are a mom and have kids and your house is constantly filled with toys or, you know, you, you live with your husband and you live in a small space and, you know, there is no extra space. Whether that's just having like a beautiful centerpiece on your dining table and you can sit there and work and have that be a happy space or, you know, have a little nook that you create for yourself that has a beautiful chair and that's your reading nook. Just finding little areas in your home. And even if you don't have any little areas, make what you can nice by adding just a little special touch, like maybe get fresh flowers once a week if that makes you happy. Um, And then one more thing, I think, Shopping your own home is something I talk about a lot. And especially if maybe you don't have the budget to go out and buy all new stuff, don't feel like you have to. A lot of times I feel refreshed and invigorated and re-energized if I just rearrange my space or maybe pull this space from over here and put it over there. And you'd be surprised that it might just give you this refreshed feeling that makes you excited to get up every day and work from home or or do whatever it is. And you guys, so your space impacts you. Whether you want that to be true or not, it is true. Your space impacts you. So it can really support you or it can hinder you. I know for me, if my space is very cluttered, it gives me anxiety. Like I just went through a huge decluttering couple of weekends. Yes. (laughs) And it, it happens very quickly when you have younger kids because Toys pile up very fast. Very, 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 very. Yeah, yeah. And I told my husband, I was like, I need to rent a dumpster. Like, I want a dumpster and I just need to throw stuff out. Like, Yes, we all go through that. (laughs) It it, it just was feeling very cramped, very cluttered. and, And that was affecting my mindset. It was affecting my energy. And the moment that I set aside the time to declutter, it felt like an entirely new space. It was very, it feels very light and very airy and very supportive. And I can, I, I notice when that starts to creep in, but the first point you made, I really love that you need to follow your own design, no matter what everyone else is doing. And I want to kind of piggyback off that And one thing that I really struggled with is sticking to one's style of design. So, you know, I always thought, like, if I'm going to go with, like, the the farmhouse style or, you know, the Joanna Gaines style, Mm -hmm. everything has to match that. I've always been very matchy-matchy. Like, if I make this style of chandelier, then, then this light fixture has to match that, and everything has to match. And actually, through looking at your site, I started looking at your various rooms, and while you do have a cohesive feel to your style... There are different styles. And I was like, (laughs) and you talk about, you know, being adventurous and Mm -hmm. being a little bit bold here. And I was like, wow, the way she mixes designs really gave me the confidence to say, you know what? Like not everything has to match Lauren. You can, you can have, yeah, this one style over your, of light fixture over your dining room and you can have a different style over your breakfast nook and you can, you know, you can find ways to pull everything together, but it was almost like you gave permission 
like you just did in that tip, like you gave permission to kind of open yourself up and not put yourself in such a box of, well, I have to do it this way because everyone else is doing that. Or I have to do it this way because that's the style and everything Mm -hmm. has to be within that style. So obviously thank you to you for just being, you know, (laughs) really showing those different styles all within your home and sometimes all within the same space. Yeah, it's nice, you know, and it's of course easy for me to say, well, yeah, you know, this is this is how you do it. And but I get questions all the time. Well, how do you tie everything together? How do you how do you know it goes? And I think one one tip I can offer is I like I like Lauren said, I do mix a lot of styles, modern, vintage, old, new, clean lines, curved lines. I think the one thing that keeps a little bit of continuity is I'm always drawn to like certain colors and color tones. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you look at my home, a lot of it's cool tones. So cool tones mean leaning more like of like the blues or, you know, mobs or like a grayish tone wood. So, and that might depend on the existing furnishings of your home. Maybe you have cherry wood floors or maybe you have yellow oak, floor, you know, try to just kind of pick a color tone or palette that you really enjoy and try to weave that in throughout the rooms. And that will create a little bit of cohesion that, you know, might be intimidating when you're saying, wait, I'm going to try mixing styles and add some things in. So sticking to a little bit of a color palette, I think is, is a good way to do it. But also I'm a big fan of juxtaposition and thinking, okay, if I love this modern piece, like a beautiful clean lined, uh, like sideboard, for example, um, introduce something like fun and a little bit more ornate. Like in my dining room, we'll see, I have this wood fluted sideboard with a very ornate vintage inspired mirror on top. So don't be afraid if you want to mix styles to just kind of create a balance and, and juxtaposition between two different things and, um, just play and have fun. (laughs) And you guys, one of my tips for jumping into this is to start small and let that fuel your momentum. So what I mean by that is like when I looked around my house, because I said, this is the year that I'm going to redo all the light fixtures. I'm going to, you know, do (laughs) new mirrors. I'm going to do new rugs and and it's been five years in this house and I haven't changed much. So I was like, this is going to be the year. And it was very overwhelming as I started to go through it. My original plan was, well, I'm going to buy all of the light fixtures so that I can hire the electrician one time to come in and just replace all of them. That was too overwhelming. As I started to think about every single light fixture that I would need, I couldn't even start because I was like, I don't even know where to start. So I started with one. And then I bought another one and I had two. And then we installed those two. And it was like (laughs) the installation of those two and seeing them in our house gave me huge momentum to then go buy a few more. And so letting, you know, those... Those deci- those littler decisions really fuel you and give you momentum. And knowing that, it, yeah, it's nice if you can change everything at once and bam, it's just done. Yeah, like we would all love that. But yeah, the reality, that's not of, real life. yeah, the reality <laughs> of most of our situations is that this is going to take time. And yes. so, just take your time. And yeah, you know, home takes time. That's something you hear a lot of people say in my space. Is, home takes time. It may not seem like that because we're doing these fun transitions where I'm snapping my fingers and like, 
it's all there. But trust me, I do this for a living. So I am constantly changing up my home. And I'm not, you know, I'm, it's not realistic to redecorate an entire room in a day. It is totally fine to, like Lauren said, go piece by piece, start small, use that momentum and just be patient with it. Because <laughs> then also, you know, you can find pieces you really love. You're not feeling pressured into like, oh, well, I should just buy this chair at Target because it's here and I need a chair. You know, just yes. be patient and look for the things you love. Yes. And then things will become clearer over time too. I have found that as I've kind of dove into this is if I try and force myself to pick something, it's usually it usually doesn't end up being the thing I really want. But yes. if I give mm-hmm. myself time to kind of ponder it and think about it and look at other things, then usually I'll gain clarity over time and be like, oh, no, I really don't want that one. I want this one. And here's why. So yeah, yeah, really not putting that like pressure on the timing of things and that expectation of like, it has to be done by this point <laughs> or. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a I have a question for you. Does your husband care about about your your decor or your home because oh my, my husband my husband does not care like he's yeah. like whatever you want does your yeah. husband okay. care or is he just like do whatever you want crystal no do whatever you want and i get that question a lot cuz also my husband i i show a bit of my life as well and on instagram and he wants nothing to do with it he does not want to be shown ever like barely a photo but he does not really care whatsoever he totally like trusts my eye and style like I decorated his office for him his only thing was I want a ceiling fan I was like okay great well let's find like the most modern she gets ceiling fan we can then <laughs> but like that was his only input honestly in the whole thing and it's funny you know he doesn't have any input but sometimes if I'm stuck and I just can't make a decision he comes through with like the most random suggestion or idea. And I'm like, Oh, like, thank you. That actually, that's actually great. And he, he is not a design person. So long answer short. No, he does not care. <laughs> Sometimes you just need that outside, you know, that outside yeah. sounding board or that outside yes. idea because you yes. can get stuck in your own head pondering, you know, two or three things yes. and you're like, Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I did that with my husband this yeah, weekend. I, I was like, I have yeah. three outdoor light fixtures and I can't decide. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Could you look at them and just tell me? And yeah, actually one of them, he was like, I really don't like that. And I was like, great. We eliminated one yeah. <laughs> down to two. And then it was, you know, yeah. I really don't care over, over the last two. And no. I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, pick, right. pick which one I want. But, um, I know I get a lot of messages like that sometimes. And I mean, please feel free. If anybody looked at my page, you're like, oh yeah. And you like my style. And if you can't make a decision, I get those DMS all the time. Be like, oh, which rug or which light fixture. And I'll just give my opinion. And, you know, so I'm always happy to be that sounding board. <laughs> So let's dive into, and we kind of have been talking about this throughout the podcast episode, but really figuring out how do you balance building your own business while remaining authentic? And you've, you guys have heard that word, that authenticity throughout the podcast, but I would love for you to just touch on this, especially because you are on social media, media, you're building a business on social media, you're following other influencers in your same space and your business has really taken off very quickly 
in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, a few different things. So I think the challenge right now is sort of obviously staying authentic to the ideas that are being well received and what you'd like to share, but also, you know, on the, on the back end, behind the scenes, what is going to be profitable for you? So I think that's something that I'm going through right now. And I think a lot of influencers in this space are going through because there are so many platforms to be on so many different ways to make money. It's how do I, you know, tailor my content where this is going to be, you know, well monetized, but also a good takeaway, valuable for my audience. And it doesn't come off. And I'm just trying to sell stuff all the time. Because honestly, I don't want to come off like that. I don't feel like I'm doing that. But um, I think, you know, I being very honest and real, and that's what stories are for on Instagram as well. Your audience can get to know you, know your personality, and uh, kind of g- get to know the backstory of why you're sharing, why you love things, why, you know, you need to know about this. That's a big piece of it these days is really, okay, and this is, you know, this is my business. It's my home. I'm sharing, but it's also my business. So what can I share that's going to be helpful to you, but also is going to be, you know, a a stream for income. (laughs) So that's a big balance. And I think the big thing you have to look at is I will say, if I was scrolling and I would stop on this reel, like would I stop and be like, yeah, you know, I think that would bring me joy. I want that. Or yeah, like this is helpful. Like that's a great idea. Um, I'm just constantly listening and figuring it out staying real and authentic is it's hard because there are a lot of accounts out there that you don't see a lot of the person in stories. Um, and that's totally fine. You know, that's the way they do things. But I, the ones I like to follow are the ones that I do see in stories that I do see in their feed. And when they're in their own reels, you want to feel like you're getting to know the person, not only because you love their home, but you like their style and you feel like, you know, yeah, like, if I met this person in real life, like we could maybe be friends or like, she's like, you just build a trust, right? And without that trust and without people really knowing your personality and feeling like, you know, you're authentic and your real self, they're never going to buy like use your link or buy anything from you. But the best thing is when people come back to me in my DMs and be like, Hey, I, I remember you shared this, um, you know, like months ago. And they remembered that. I was like, Oh, wow. We remember that. And they're asking for the link so they can purchase it through me. You know, that's, you know, really rewarding. And that says that, okay, this person, like, I love that people feel like they can just send me a DM and, you know, ask me a question. And yeah, so there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. It's something I think about sort of every day, but then you can't really think about it. You just have to be yourself. And that's what I do. Sometimes I show up in stories and they aren't planned. I just show up and I talk and it's not always curated and beautiful. Like I like to keep my feed. Stories are much more off the cuff. Um, but that's the way that your audience can really get to know you and feel like they're purchasing from a friend. And you guys, I can attest to this. The the person you see on Crystal's feed and in her <laughs> stories is Crystal. Like from from our interactions and knowing you and you are very authentic. Like that's what you see is who she is. It's the way she is in everyday life. And that's her personality. And that's what I love about you. And I have a question. Um, do you get... You know, you're always going when you really put your authentic self out, you're going to obviously attract the people who resonate with that, but you're mm-hmm. also going to repel people. <laughs> you're going yeah. to repel the people who are not meant to 
follow you. Do you yeah. have you had any experience with people that are not kind that say like your design sucks or you know like <laughs> I oh sure yeah know, and and yeah and how do you how do you handle handle that? Yeah, and you know, it comes with the territory and it comes with the business. I'm lucky I have a very thick skin and I anytime I get a comment that's quote unquote a mean comment or you know maybe it's just like I don't like that or I would have done this differently. You know, everybody always has something to say. Um but I very much I unless it's something that is a constructive sort of comment in a negative light, I I just don't respond. I don't respond. I don't give it air. I just let it be and let it go. Um, and there are sometimes I'll even click on them and be like, like they don't even follow me. Or if I click on the off, I'm like, well, then, then unfollow. It doesn't, you know, when people unfollow me, that doesn't bother me. Again, there's someone out there. Every style is different. If I share something and someone unfollows me because of it, it's okay. Well, maybe they really aren't into, into this idea or style. And you just can't take anything personally in this business. You really can't. Um, sometimes there are, you know, personal comments that, you know, there's been a couple where I've taken the stuff back and I'm like, Ooh, that kind of stings. But I'm like, you know what? They don't, they don't know me. <laughs> they do not know me. They don't know my friends, my family, me, the way my friends and family know me. So you just can't, you just can't give that stuff attention. And if I'm being very honest, a lot of those comments just make me laugh. And I have to think <laughs> about it that way because otherwise, you know, if you if you don't have a like lighthearted mentality about it, it's just, you know, you're never gonna get through it. It can it can be a sticky business. I am although I am very thankful I don't get a lot of, you know, mean comments, quote unquote. Um, the ones if they come and they're really mean, I just block them. I don't care, you know, <laughs> like so um it's interesting. But then also, you know, there's another part of it now to go off on a, a same topic but slightly different where you know I'm in the home decor and home niche and whenever you're starting an account like this they always tell you to you know start out in a niche right start out small that's how your audience knows and comes to follow you and why they follow you and how you get your followers from the things that you share and then kind of when you get to a certain size you can start to veer off a little bit and start sharing some other categories and other verticals. So for example, I share a lot of entertaining ideas, tablescapes, maybe a cocktail recipe here and there. Um, I share a few fashion things every once in a while, just sprinkled in or, you know, random Amazon finds, you know, just, I think there is a way to do it and expand that hopefully won't deter your followers because if they see me share a reel, that's a fashion reel. And they're like, wait, I followed this girl. Cause I like her home. I don't care what she wears. Um, it, you just kind of have to find a way to organically start to introduce these things into your content because at the end of the day, yes, I can restyle a coffee table six times, but you know, uh, <laughs> there's only so much you can share in your home. Right. So, um, you just kind of take organic clues from what your audience is asking too. If someone does ask what I'm wearing, I'm like, okay, somebody's might be interested in this. Like I love fashion. Let me share, like I order from Amazon all the time. Let me do the work for you and share this cute outfit that I found that maybe you will like too. So um, that's another piece is hoping that your audience likes the content that you're the new content and new verticals you're expanding into. Um, and if they don't, once again, they can unfollow <laughs> and that's totally fine by me. There's plenty of, people out there for everybody. 
Have you ever gotten to a point where you're like, what am I going to share now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's crazy, Lauren. No, I think I have too many ideas. I have a Rolodex of content ideas that it, I have to limit myself and stay on track and talk about the business of entrepreneurship, by the way, and running a business with no structure and like trying to implement structure into your routine um, from scratch. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. That, yes, that could be a stay. whole podcast episode yes, on its own. a whole other podcast. But you just have to stay on track. And no, I, I feel like I have ideas for days. And it helps that, you know, think about we have the seasons, right? So you might be switching out some decor for different seasons and then the holidays come. I feel like it's kind of endless with the ideas of what I can share. (laughs) And I really feel like you have started to expand into more of a lifestyle brand, really, with sharing, you know, you you shared your cocktail card and your your dirty martini recipe. And I was like, oh, (laughs) yeah, this makes me want to go like. I, I I do drink dirty martinis every once in a while. I was like, ah, oh, this makes me want to go get this that little bell and and the yes. things for a dirty martini and and make myself yeah. a dirty martini at six o'clock I on know. a Friday night. Right. <laughs> I love romanticizing little moments like that. You know, that's another thing I really love doing is, you know, not everybody might drink or might drink a dirty martini, but for me it's like here's a cute idea. I do it every Friday. It's just like a little moment that I romanticize. I'm like, Oh, it's Friday at six o'clock, you know, and that's a little thing that brings me joy or something as little as like, yeah, I make my bed like this every day. And the way I fold my duvet and the way my bed looks, that makes me so happy. So if I can share that with someone else, and that's some little thing they can implement in their day in their home. um, And a takeaway, I think that's really fun. You guys, you need to go check out those two reels from Crystal. Well, you need to go follow her (laughs) and I will make sure to include all of her information in the show notes. But I learned how to make my bed from Crystal's reel. She shows you how (laughs) to make your bed in a hotel style and it is incredible. And I know I need to remake that one soon and bump it to the top of my feed. That's a ways back, but (laughs) it is, it is so good. And then she did just do one on her dirty martini recipe, which, and styling her, her bar cart. And it is all just absolutely beautiful. But Crystal, this has been spectacular. Thank you so much for coming on. And I know all the ladies who are listening are like, okay, Where can I find Crystal? How can I support her? So where can we find you? Oh, you're so sweet. So at the Smitten Collective on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok, you know, because that's what everybody's doing these days. But my main (laughs) platform social that I post on is Instagram. And then you can find every single link for anything you might need to know in my profile. So that blue link that's clickable in my bio, if you pull up my main page, From there, you can shop my LTK, my Amazon storefront. I have a website that is basically a resource for everything that you see in my home, finishes, flooring, cabinets, all that stuff. Yeah, but Instagram is is the main thing. So you can find everything there. And don't be scared to message her. I know sometimes, you know, you said you 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 love responding to those messages. I don't know how many messages you get, but I know sometimes when we look at bigger accounts, we can be like, oh my God, I can't message her. Like she has way too many followers, you know? And, (laughs) And sometimes, you know, you can get to a level where it's like people don't look at you, you know, they think, well, I can't, I can't talk to her. Right. Yeah. No. And it's me. It's me doing it. Like I'm, <laughs> it is me responding to all the DMs. 
So please do. That is the best part of the job. It is social media. So I totally embrace that part. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. I know this has been so insightful for me. It's been such a fun conversation talking about design and business together. And uh, I just love everything you're doing. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Lauren. It was so fun to be here. Okay, you guys, we will talk to you at our next episode. Bye. Okay, you wealthy woman, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple, but I didn't know how to do it at the beginning either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is, whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, find this show, The Wealthy Woman, scroll down, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I'd love you so much for taking the time to do this. In all honesty, the reviews are what help the podcast get into the hands of other women desiring to create true wealth and manifest their dream lives. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.